You know, they say, they say that's the church of the future, but I think it's the church of right now, isn't it? Amen. Because we have to learn. They teach you. You know, when you teach them, then they'll turn around and teach you. And uh, so, out of the mouth, mouth of babes, they'll teach us. Amen. All right. Are you ready to hear the word of God today? Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited to share with you today. Praise the Lord. I'm not excited to go into the dunk tank, okay? I just want to let you know right away. I'm not excited. And Margaret, she said, well, is there any way I can just like hold on and not go under? Because I don't like to get my head wet. And I like to, you know, go in slowly, you know, a little bit at a time, put your toe in. And I go, no, this is a dunk tank, okay? You're going under. She goes, well, I need some earplugs and maybe a nose plug. I go, why don't you just wear scuba gear, okay? And that way you'll be completely taken care of. Let's bow our heads and pray and hear the word of God today. Father, we just thank you that as we come before you, Lord, we're able to acknowledge you and your word and how precious it is to us, how glorious it is in our ears. We thank you that, Lord, it's our guide, it's our way of knowing you and knowing your direction for our lives. So we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Do we have a picture of Jesus? We had a good time with the kids, didn't we? Let's see. You know, Jesus had a good time with the kids. The Bible says that the children rushed to be with Jesus, and Jesus said he was glad to receive them. The apostles said, well, get these kids out of here. And Jesus said, you don't know what you're doing. Amen. So we have to enjoy the kids. And if you give a cup of water to a child, you will no wise lose your reward. That's how special the children are to Jesus. So today we want to talk about biblical principles in teaching and raising children. Not only ours, but all those that are around us in our family, in our church, in our neighborhood. And the, the, people say, well, you don't uh, raise children, you rear them, right? Crops are raised, children are reared. And reared means to nurture and train, to take care of, to assist and help them reach maturity. That's what we do with children, right? We guide them, direct them, we, we bring them along the path so that they can know the Lord, and, and hopefully they'll continue all the days of their lives, and they'll never turn back. I know my son, he's never had that little break where you go and sow your wild, wild oats, you know, because he got saved at a young age. But none of us were saved at a young age. Some of us had some problems, and uh, we, you know, got off and doing the things of the world, we didn't know we were sinning against God. We just thought we were having fun. But we were so apart from the Lord, but God wants to bring us together. And so we see that in a family, a family church, that we all help one another. I know William, when Matthew went to Notre Dame, he got him a suitcase so that he would have something for his travel. I know Bindi helps out with the youth. Every time we have an event, every time we go to youth camp, she prepares a little meal for them, a little snack and a little encouragement. And then, of course, she's going to help out with the, uh, the enchiladas. I might just kind of mosey on up there and make sure everything's going okay. <laughs> and it passes down. Her daughter, Vanessa, is uh, going to make some sparkles uh, uh, cupcakes, sprinkles cupcakes. So that's good. Uh, but today we're going to learn about rearing your children. It, any age, whether they're young, they're middle-aged, even if they're grown, you still make an influence to them. But first, we must be right yeah. so that we can show them the right way. Is that not true? The Bible says when we accept Christ, we are born again, born from above. We're new creatures in Christ. Isn't that good news? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. So you can declare, I'm a new creature in Christ. What I did before doesn't matter anymore because now I am new in the Lord. Now, one minister 
told me he went to a reunion, you know, a school reunion. And so he got with some of the guys, and they were talking, and they say, oh, we remember when you did this and when you did that. And he said, no, I didn't do that. And they say, oh, yeah, you did. No, I didn't do that. We saw you do it. That was the old man. I'm not the old man anymore. I'm a new man. So you're a new in Christ, right? You're washed by the blood of the Lamb, filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes, I am. Amen. So we, on prayer on, on Wednesday night, we had a young lady who said uh, she was teaching a little bit about how we're supposed to be submissive to our elders and respect our parents and be obedient to them. So I interrupted her and I said, wait a minute. Let me ask you, how, how were you when you were growing up? Did you obey your parents? Did you do the things that they asked you to do? She said, well, pretty much. I had little, you know, times when, well, what I did was me and my friends, we rolled the car down the driveway while my parents were sleeping. And we got in and we went to the nightclubs and went joyriding around the, the streets and, and, and had a good old time and came back. And my parents never knew it. Amen. I said, Cecilia, why would you do something like that? I can't hardly believe it. But she told me that was the old man, Pastor Chuck. I'm a new man. Now I'm a new creature. She had to tell her parents. She came clean. But she said, you know, Jesus Christ has paid the price. We've all had our moments, haven't we, that we like to forget. Well, God said, I have forgotten them. We need to forget them. We need to move on. So, but we have to grow up. The Apostle Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. We're supposed to grow up in the Lord. Amen? The Bible says even Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and grew in favor uh, with the Lord. Praise God. Favor with God and man. Isn't that? So when you're with God, even people are going to like you. Isn't that good news? Amen. So our goal is to be better today than we were yesterday. Our goal is to be better tomorrow than we were today. Is our life more pleasing to him? Is it, uh, are we doing more things that are, are uh, becoming, uh, uh, gaining knowledge, deeper knowledge and more foundational an understanding of the Lord? Are we learning about him? You know, when I found out when you get in trouble, you kind of learn more about the Lord. Have you noticed that? Because all of a sudden these scriptures come alive when David would say, I, I hide you and I guard you and I protect you and I'm a shield and a buckler to you and I have favor with you and no man shall touch you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Have you noticed that? <laughs> all of a sudden these scriptures come alive. Lord, I need you to be there with me. I need you to honor me. I need you to, to defend me. Praise God. Of course, maybe none of you have that problem, but anyway. Now, there, I was reading this book called Reveal by Megan Watterson, and they list four types of people in church. Let's see how if you can identify if one, any one of these. The first is the entry level of salvation. That means you just got saved. You know there's a change, but you don't quite understand it. You still have to put off your old ways because you're at the beginner's level. It's okay if you're there because you've got to start somewhere, but you've got to move and progress to the next level. Next level would be followers of Christ. You made a decision to follow Christ. You have a cross in your house. You have a Bible on your nightstand. You read it from time to time. You're not afraid to tell people you're a Christian, but you still have some struggles. And you're still, you know, trying to pull away from the old man. And then there's the next step where you're close to Christ. You pray daily. 
you read your Bible uh, as much as you can, you worship the Lord regularly, and you serve at church. But you have a good relationship with Christ, but you know there's got to be more. And the final step where we want to get to is be centered in Christ. These are the people that are sold out. They only do those things that please the Lord. They carefully pray about every decision that they make, and everything in their life revolves around being obedient to the will and to the word of the Lord. Are you that way? Are you in the fear of the Lord and saying, Lord, what do you want me to do today? How can I please you? How can I be closer to you? How can I have that intimacy? You know, intimacy, you know what that means? Into me you see. <laughs> Into the Lord. Amen. Be close to him. Surround yourself with him. Let him come in. Let him invade your life and in your spirit. And let him take control of your thoughts and your actions. Amen. Amen. So you ask yourself, are you growing? Now, I know we're at church and we all like to say, oh, yeah, we're growing. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm growing. But really, look back in your life and see, are you better today than you were yesterday? You know, a lot of times we like to condemn ourselves and say, you know what? We're not where we're supposed to be. And you kind of want to give up. We have a song that we want to play that I heard. And I think it fits the message right here about someone that uh, was real transparent about their walk with the Lord. Do you ever feel like you're frustrated, you're not where you want to be, and you, wonder, you want to know, is the Lord happy or pleased with you? So we're going to play this song, and uh, just listen and see if it applies to you. You know, I know when I was first saved, I, I tried so hard to be pleasing to the Lord, and I was like the Apostle Paul. The things that I want to do, I'm not doing. The things I'm doing, that's, I'm not supposed to be doing. But the Lord is always reaching out to us and trying to get us to be more conformed to him and it's a process it's a process that we go through so allow him to work in your your heart and your life that was a, a beautiful song and we see that god is with us every step of the way he's walk, watching and walking with us amen unfortunately our culture tells parents that most important goals for us are to be happy and successful in life to get the best car the best job but really, the foundation should be biblical. It should be, the success should be in us knowing the Lord and following after him. Amen? So parenting is about making tough decisions for your children, showing them the way that they're supposed to go. It's not the short-term happiness that we're trying to find for them, but it's the long-term letting them know that true success is following the Lord. Amen? Great. I'm going to talk about three biblical principles uh, in rearing your children. Can we look at that? And they're listed here. Passing the baton, cultivating a godly atmosphere, and setting a high standard of godliness. This is our job as parents. This is our job as teaching those that are around us. People look towards us to see what we're doing, to see how we're acting. Can anybody follow the Lord? Can anybody do what's pleasing unto him? Amen. Amen. I know I'm looking at Maya and we used to work together and, you know, I, I, I was a pastor here, but they didn't consider me a pastor there. I had to earn their respect. I had to show and demonstrate to them that I truly loved them and cared for them like Jesus did. And I had a tendency, I'll be honest, I had a tendency to say, you know what? These people are just not where they're supposed to be. Have you ever had that? So do you ever feel that way about people? I know I'm talking to somebody out there. You know, maybe, maybe you're, they're not here, but maybe they're in the camera somewhere. And, you, you know, you think you're better than everybody. 
And I had to realize I'm not better than anybody. Jesus came down to my level and spoke to me and told me and guided me and directed me and loved me even when I was a sinner. So what I had to do is I had to say, I'm going to meet them where they're at. I'm going to love them where they're at. Listen to what their problems and their situations are and encourage them and lift them up and allow them to see the love of God in me. Amen? And Maya can testify, and Arturo, you were there on my last day. Because my friend, I call him my friend, but he said, you know, there's about 10 people that don't like you here. <laughs> I go, really? What are their names? No, I'm not going to tell you who they are. I said, I could probably list them. So I gave him a Oh, yeah, they're, they're on the list. That's, they're, they're, they're there. So instead of saying, forget fooey them, I said, I'm going to change their attitude and their thinking about me. So I spent time, I had a year to retire. I had a whole year to, to love on them, to listen to them, to embrace them, their life. Because Jesus comes along in our life and listens to us, right? And we're crying and complaining, oh, Jesus this, Jesus that. And he's going like, okay, can we just get on the same page here? <laughs> so my testimony was on the very last day when I retired, I came into the office of, of oh, over 200 people. They gave me a standing ovation when I came into the, the, the floor. Isn't that good news? I felt so good. Oh, I won them over. Oh, praise the Lord. And then when I left, they gave me another standing ovation. You know, like, uh, <laughs> hallelujah. Don't want to leave now. <laughs> so you can overcome what people are going, what they think about you and what uh, you're doing in their lives by just allowing the principle of God's to take place in your life. Praise God. So um, we have to pass the baton. We have to take what we know about God and share it with others so that they can know what we know plus more. And that's what God said about Abraham. He's called the father of faith because he trusted and believed in God. And God said, I know Abraham, that he's going to teach his children and his children after him so that the knowledge of God is not going to die out. It's going to continue. And that's what we need to do is continue from generation to generation, allowing God to be made more known to us until he finally comes. Praise the Lord. So he wants us to do greater exploits. And so how do we pass the baton? How do we make sure we have godly seed? Because what does God want out of a godly union? Godly seed. He wants you to have children that are being raised and nurtured in the admonition of the Lord. So how do we make godly seed? Let's look at it here. In Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9, Many of you maybe not have seen this, but it says, you shall love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you shall today be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently. I would say diligently. What does that mean? Once in a while or continue all the time, diligently to your children. And you shall talk to them when you sit in your house when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up, you talk about the word. You talk about the Lord when you get up. You talk about the Lord when you go have breakfast. You talk about the Lord when you go to the school. You talk about the Lord when they come home. You talk about the Lord when you're watching. You talk about the Lord all the time. So that they, like my son was saying, you know, when he stayed home from school, if he was sick, he didn't watch cartoons. Oh, no. He's going to listen to some healing scriptures. He's going to listen to some preaching, okay? <laughs> 
And when he went to bed, we played music, Christian music, Christian songs, Christian words. We just infiltrated him so he had no place to turn but to the word of God. Praise God. So that's what you have to do. So it has to be intentional training. It has to be a discipleship. You have to take your, your children along. If you believe in this thing called you know, fellowship with the Lord, you want them to be partakers of it. You want them to join in and know the Lord. Amen. I know one time my son was, he was younger, and I said, do you know the Lord? He said, well, you know, Dad, I'm, I hear you talk about him. I hear the preachers, they talk about him, but I never really met him. <laughs> and I said, well, we're, we're going to pray that the Lord will capture you and, and meet you. And I remember one time we were on the front row, and the, the Lord came in and just captured his heart. And he started crying, and he just said, Dad, I'm so sorry, Mom, I'm so sorry for all that I'd done. And, and I, just, I just feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen? So you can pray that for your children, that they would have a personal experience with the Lord that will keep them all the days of their life. Praise God. And we had to, be care we had to teach them, you know, I don't know why I'm talking about you. You're here, son, so I'm going <laughs> to... But when he was younger, when he was like two or three, how many, you, you remember the twos and threes when you were raising your kids? You couldn't take them anywhere? Couldn't take them to a restaurant? Oh, no. After they ate, they'd be screaming and climbing over the, the, the chairs and running and going under the table. And so we're at church one day, and I don't know, he was being squirmish. And um, Marianne, and it was a long church, a long you know, aisle. And she tells him, I'm going to take you outside and spank you. And he started wailing. Oh, no, don't do it. Oh, I don't, oh, don't hit me. Oh, mom, oh, please, oh, God. All the way. And you can hear him in the back. I don't want, I don't want to, don't hit me, don't hit me. Oh, jeez. The pastor looked at me and he said, can you, like, work on that, <laughs> you know? So we decided we're not going to tell him we're going to spank him in the front row. We're just going to take him back, <laughs> then spank him. Amen. <laughs> so it takes training. It takes training to teach him the way they're supposed to go. Praise God. And then the second thing is we have to cultivate a godly atmosphere. Parents are influencers, and they're supposed to encourage their children. Scripture tells us that what life and death are in the power of the tongue. Our children need praise when they do something good, but they also need praise and encouragement when they're not doing the right thing. We don't just tell them, oh, you're no good. You're never going to amount to anything. You know, you're just disobedient. I'm tired of you. You know, get your own place, and you're only 12 years old. You know, <laughs> but you have to tell them they have an identity in Christ. They have an inheritance. They're partakers of his divine nature. They need to know the power of the Holy Spirit is alive in their lives. No matter what they're facing, God will help them overcome it. I know when I was, you know, being raised, my mom would tell me when I didn't think I could do it, she said, you can do it, Charles. You can, whatever you set your mind to, you can do it. And I have that I can do it attitude no matter what goes wrong. I know, now I know that the Lord is with me no matter what I'm doing. Amen? He's going to help me and encourage me. And the Bible, I like this in John 17. Jesus said, I am, in, I am in them, Father, and you are in them. And as much as you love me, you love them. As much as. Not half. Not a quarter. Not a slice. But as much as the Father loves Jesus is the same amount of love that he has for us. Now, come on. Does the Father love Jesus? This is my son whom I am well pleased 
We are his children whom he is well pleased with. Amen. When we get to heaven, he's going to have open arms. Welcome, welcome. Come on in. I'm so glad you made it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, see, you, you ever, see we need to water our children. You, you know, like you have a drooping plant, and it needs wa- it's drooping, and it just needs some water. You give it a little water, and it pops up. Well, our children have to be the same way. If they're droopy and they're down and they don't look like they can make it, you can encourage them. You can talk to them and speak words of life to them and cause them to perk up and actually accomplish what they need to accomplish. Praise God. So encouraging your children gives them an expectation of God's goodness and favor on both their todays and their tomorrows. A lot of children don't know what their future is going to be. Even we don't even know what our future is going to be, but we have the Lord who says, I know the end that I have for you. It's a future of hope and of good, and God is going to cause us to get there. No matter, even if we take a little detour, some of us take a big detour like Cecilia. But God knows how to bring them back. Praise the Lord. And so when we encourage them, we're different than the world because the, peer, the, the, uh, the teenagers... They like to get their encouragement if they have to get it from their peers, even if their peers are no good. But we need to bring them back and give them affirmation. So let your words reach down deep into your child's heart. Encourage them, give them truths, and communicate to them that you know their personality, you know their dreams, their hopes, their struggles. God has a way, has a plan for your life. And if you do that, they're going to love you all the days of your life, and they're going to love the Lord. Praise God. Now, it says here, Slide 48. Pleasant words are as honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Isn't that nice? So cheer your kids on. That's what we did today. We spoke good words over them. We didn't say, oh, you know what? You've been acting up (laughs) in class, but come on, get your gift. No. We said, you've got a good spirit. You've got a strong spirit. You've got a, a bold spirit. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, uh, the last thing, the last uh, uh, principle, set a high standard of godliness in your house. I used to do some crazy things when I was young. And my mom would sit me down and she said, now, Charles, where did you learn to do that? You didn't learn that in this house. Anybody ever have your parents tell you that? Or am I the only one? No? Okay, thank you. Jeez. Maybe I was more, you know crazy, yeah. (laughs) Where did you learn that, Charles? I go, I don't know, Mom. I just thunk it up myself. (laughs) But you have to have set a high standard of integrity, of trustworthiness. Do you do what you say you're going to do? Do you try to abide by the word of God? Are you backbiting people behind their back? Are you lying to people? You know, your children will pick that up. What are you watching on TV? Is it acceptable? You say, well, they're sleeping, they won't know. But you know, that spirit is in the house. That spirit is in you. And they'll follow whatever you're doing. So you have to teach yourselves to have pure thoughts, to surround yourself with godliness. And the Bible says, for in slide 50, you ready for this? This is in the Bible. It says, the Bible says that it is the will of God for your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of us should know how to, to, know how to possess your vessel, your own vessel, in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Amen? 
When I saw that, I said, oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> but I'm only 30 years old. How am I going to do that? The Lord will help you control yourself, possess your vessel into sanctification and honor. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Lord resides in our body, and he's with us wherever we go. So sanctify yourself. Praise God. Now, I know everybody's not perfect. I know you look good out here. You look all holy. I know it doesn't look like anything. Anybody does anything wrong. There's no cussing. There's no drinking. There's no none of that stuff. But if it, if it were to be, <laughs> not everybody's perfect, but look what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3, 13 through 14. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, reaching forward to those things that are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? There, there's three times. It, it, it's who you are in Christ, your possession, your, possessed, your, your position is that you're in Christ. You are progressing to be more like Christ. But your position is that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Isn't that good news? No matter what you do, you just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Help me. Let's forget about that. Let's move on. And God will take you to where you're supposed to go. And he'll take your children to where they're supposed to go. So in conclusion, how do we have godly seed? It starts from us. Seed comes from the fruit and the source. What we are, our seed will be the same. If you cultivate your seed intentionally, you will train your child in the way they should go, and they will not depart from it. This is the way you have godly seed. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you that we can come before you and we can lay our lives before you. We can open our hearts and say, Lord, you can operate on me. Let your spirit take hold of my heart. Cause me to love you with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength, all my might. And I thank you, Lord God, as people have come to this church, that this will be a marked difference in their life. They'll say, I'm going to move from this place and be a different person because I have the Lord in my heart. Amen. Now, if you're here or listening uh, on the uh, Facebook or YouTube, and if you've never accepted the Lord, this is a time when you can. You can make that difference. You can be a follower of Christ. And if you just repeat after me, you'll see that you'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye. So, Father, just repeat after me. Say, Father God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for my sins, paid the price for my redemption. I ask you to come into my heart Forgive me of all my sins. Be Lord of my life all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Or if you've strayed away, you said, you know, I've kind of got off the track. I've kind of moved away on the pathway. Let's say this prayer to the Lord. Father God, I thank you that you love me. No matter what I've done, you are there for me. I ask you to forgive me. Bring me closer back to you. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise.